0: Gosh, happy Friday, Agents for Life. I hope this podcast finds you absolutely amazing because we are, what, about 15 days into the most historic opportunity in life insurance that the market has ever seen. I truly believe that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to email or call or text me, send me a smoke signal, carry your pigeon, whatever you gotta find out. But if you are licensed right now, and if you're going to be licensed here in the next month, which includes everybody, every single one of you listening to my voice, could be licensed in the field taking advantage of this opportunity once in a lifetime, I'm pro- I promise, I promise, I promise. Um, anyways, I'm not here to talk about that or promote that, even though I probably should. So I do have some other thoughts I want to just give you um, just a little bit this week I had a really good week in the field probably one of my best that I've ever had and a lot of things that played into that I worked harder I ran more appointments (laughs) go figure right (laughs) we're gearing up because we're in the promotion and we're running hard so um, this is big and we don't we want to look back at the end of the summer and say we gave it all we got so here we are running hard, and it was a good week. Um, I had the last five appointments in a row where I had some them tell me, my prospect tell me, can I think about it? I don't want to sign anything today. I'd like to think about it. I have walked out of the house with, an, with a, a policy in hand, an application in hand. So if you want some additional training on converting think about it into yeses, not that I'm an expert, I just have recently had a good run with it. I'm feeling very comfortable. And major tip, don't let it ruffle your feathers. In fact, this is what I was training another agent earlier this week, don't, be surprised if they don't say I want to think about it. Like, everybody's going to want to think about it. So we got to get used to that. It's probably the number one reason we don't write a policy in a home is people want to think about it, and you're not sure how to handle that. So I can do some more training on it another time. But I did want to put that out there. It is just a smokescreen. Most of those people will write a policy if you handle that conversation well. So let's jump in, though. I'm going to leave it at that because I got some cool stuff to jump into. This is a lot of mindset and personal development stuff. So not so much sales training this week. I've done a lot of that recently, and I like to mix things up, as you know. So last week I took a break. Um, You probably noticed I was out of the saddle for a while If you didn't notice, we need to get talking more often because I was out for almost five days and I was at camps. So we have youth camps I'm responsible for in my church and I was up in the mountains. No connection, no signal. It was great. I didn't even think about insurance. I totally, totally took a break, 100%. And it was so refreshing. Beautiful air, cool weather. And one of the things that we did at one of my camps was hike to the top of a very, very, very tall mountain the tallest mountain in Arizona. It's called Mount Humphreys. And I am a a little bit of a hoarder. I'm I'm, I'm admitting in full full, uh, transparency, I'm a little bit of a hoarder when it comes to ideas. I'm always collecting ideas. I love podcasts, I love books. I'm always writing things down in seminars and meetings. I love collecting ideas. In fact, I need a better system for organizing them because sometimes I have notes just like hanging out in my baskets, in my notebook, on my dresser, everywhere. Just thoughts that come to my mind. And while I was hiking, I had a bunch of ideas come to mind about the hike. And I wrote them all down. These are lessons learned and I was so hiking and typing. I looked like a nerd, I'm sure. I had my phone with me, but I wasn't on it for social media texting or anything I was just taking notes with it and taking pictures lots of pictures I loved 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 the pictures so I'm sitting there typing hiking going up to the top of this very very difficult hike now we knew it was going to be hard Um, I did all the reviews I checked out did all my um, I guess my research and it is even experienced hikers say it's a very challenging hike it's 12,600 feet to the top some of you know about this hike, Some, maybe some of you have been on this hike, I don't know, but I am not a very experienced hiker, I'll be the first to admit. So I knew it was going to take some effort and we were training, I was working out, doing some things uh, to prepare myself for the hike, which I am very, very glad I did. But all in all, I feel like I did pretty well. We did not make it to the summit, I wanted to, I was with a teammate, we were with three of us, and I'll tell you more about this in a second, but... We got most of the way. We were almost at the summit, and one of our teammates just had a breakdown. He was um, young, 14 years old, and bless his heart, he, he started shivering uncontrollably. Um, his mind wasn't there. He, he was kind of you know, looking around at, and just, just speaking um, kind of incoherently a little bit. Um, it just it made us both really nervous. His dad was with him, and I was with him. And we made the collective decision as a team to turn back. It just wasn't in our best interest to keep going and risk um, something uh, for a 14 year old. But I'll tell you, I was nervous myself because we were so high. I mean, we're talking about altitude stuff. We're up past the snow, um, freezing cold winds, and I was in shorts and a t shirt. I mean, we were not prepared for this, but this was quite a hike and it challenged us, it challenged me to the core. And here's what I got out of it. So, these were the lessons that I learned from or that I gathered, that I collected from one of the most difficult hikes I have ever been on in my life. Okay? This is going to be a little bit longer of a podcast, so get comfortable. This is probably one of my longer ones. In fact, I did the shortest one ever last week, so I thought I'd follow it up with probably one of my longer podcasts, but it's all right. Hopefully you won't get bored. This is good stuff. It really is. Um, so starting out, there were a few things that I noticed. So we get to the trailhead. Everything looks fine. Um, and I th- and I thought to myself, this was a thought. I'm like, okay, there's one trail to the top. If you stay on the trail and don't quit, you're going to get to the top. That's it. Like I broke it down. I made it that simple. Because when you're at the tr- base of the trail, you're looking up. The mountain is a monster. In fact, it's so high up that it's like faded and distant and you know the peak is way way up there. You know, you've seen those mountains that are far, far off and they're just kind of grayed out. Um yeah. So huge mountain. You're looking up the top going, oh my goodness, right? And I just thought to myself, you know, let's make this simple. I can go forever. I mean I can I can keep walking. I can take one more step. It's it's not a problem. There's one trail. All I gotta do is stay on the trail and keep going. So I love that because that is so true in life, in business, in insurance. You just got to keep going. Stay on the trail and don't quit. If you can do those two things, keep going, don't quit. That's it. Once you start slowing down your activity, you start backing off your dials, you start backing off your appointments, that's when you're going to start failing. You're going to start losing the results. So I know this is really simple stuff, but it's so true with hiking, with business, with whatever. Number two, along the way, um, starting out, I I realized that my straps were a little loose and I didn't realize it at first. And so I was taking, you know, going along and if your backpack is a little too low, the weight carries lower on your back of, of the stuff you're carrying. I had a day pack full of water and snacks and then I had a fanny pack around my waist of more water. And if those straps weren't tight, the weight was off and it pulled me back and I had to work extra hard. Now, I didn't realize at first I felt comfortable. But the interesting thing was it wasn't until after I pulled down those straps that it felt so much better. I'm like, oh, it shifted the weight up higher on my shoulders and I felt a lot better. It was like reinvigorating. So I kept, you know, tightening them down a little bit more and a little bit more and then, you know, eventually got too tight. I had to loosen it. But I loved the just the little micro-adjustment made a huge difference and it just reminded me of going back to the basics the basics are what this business is all about the little things just tightening down your straps tightening your shoelaces just a little bit you know one more dial being a little bit more organized uh, being intentional in your goals the little things one day at a time the little things make a huge difference because all it does is shift the weight just a little bit and it gives you that little extra energy, a little bit of extra perkiness, and you can just keep going. So I I, I notice a huge difference just tightening the straps. Um, lesson number three starting out is um, it, as we're going up, I'm passing people coming off the, off the hill. And of course, I'm a natural, curious guy. I, I don't have any problems striking up conversations. I'm not really an extrovert, but it doesn't bother me to talk to somebody especially when i want something. So people coming off the hill, "Hey, how you doing? Hey, so um, what was it? Did you guys make it to the top? How was it? What was it like? How'd you do? What, you know, and i'm just asking questions. Because why? What well, they went there. They went to the place where i want to go. So naturally, why wouldn't i take my advice from them? Why would i not ask questions? Find out how hard it was find out what it was like at the top, how much longer, like all that stuff. Well, guess what? We are tied to mentors that can give us exactly the answers that we need to get to where we want to be. That is one of the coolest things ever in this business. You have an, an automa- automatic, built-in mentoring system. One of the keys to success, Every everybody will tell you, is you got to find a mentor. You got to find someone who is where you want to be. And at Equus, you get one automatically. Isn't that cool? You get one for free. I mean, you don't even have to pay for it, nothing. It's just, boom, there, here's your mentor. He's where you want to be, or she is where you want to be, where you're going, can give you uh, all the advice you need. And. They will answer the phone when you call because they have a vested interest in your business. How cool is that? We don't even, we take that for granted. I mean, you start up a business and you're out on your own. If you, you know, even in a franchise situation or or whatever, you're starting out like, it's hard to find someone that will share all their secrets because who, who's going to do that? Their competition, right? And so to find somebody that is willing, not even willing, but anxious to help you, I mean, I don't know where else you're gonna find that. Even in a corporate setting, your boss or your manager doesn't wanna help you so much because if you get real good, guess whose place you're taking, right? It's all about CYA and corporate politics and red tape, right, so I'm just telling you, in this business, it's just the opposite. We are so anxious, in case you haven't heard, in case you haven't been able to tell, I am anxious to help every single one of you because I can become more successful myself by helping you succeed with your goals and in your business. Eric feels the same way. Jason, all of our mentors and all the leaders across the board. Um, We have an automatic built-in mentoring system that is second to none. All the way up to Barry Clarkson himself. So I loved talking to other hikers because they've been there. They're down off the trail. Some of them made it at the top and some of them didn't. But I'd want to know if they didn't, what was it that made you turn back? Like I asked the questions and it really gave me a solid understanding of what to expect moving forward. So I loved talking to the hikers coming down off the trail. Plus, it's just fun conversation. You know, strike up a conversation with a stranger and chat for a bit. I loved it. Number four. Look forward. This was huge. This is a rocky trail. If you've hiked Humphreys, you know it is not an easy trail. Okay, some parts of it are, are nice and smooth, but a lot, a lot, a lot is just it's like a stairwell, never-ending stairwell, steps of stones and rock and tree roots and, and and you know it's bumpy. And if you turn and look back, even just for like two or three footsteps, you're gonna stumble. Because I would look back and and see, you know, if, if other people are coming, or I don't even know why I look back. Sometimes you just look back and kind of like, oh, I want to see how far I've come or how steep that is. You know, you just look back. But every time I do, it wasn't a, a, a two two footsteps forward, and I'm stumbling. I'm gonna trip on something. There's a rock. There's a root. There's something, right? Well, that reminded me to forget the past. When you come into this business, you gotta leave whatever past, whatever baggage you come in with. You gotta leave it behind. If you look at your past, you're just gonna stumble. You gotta look forward because there are stumbling blocks. Barry Clarkson's famous for saying it the only thing I can promise you here is a hard time. So, welcome to Equus. You know, it doesn't sound like much of a sales pitch, right? But that's business. If anybody's promising you a nice, easy, simple journey road, journey to just success, run because anybody who's ever achieved anything great. He's going to tell you it doesn't come without sacrifice. So we like to put it to you straight. This is tough. It's going to be tough. You're going to get rejection. There are tons of stumbling blocks. There's rocks. There's boulders. There's the road twists and turns. There's dips. There's there's roots sticking up out of the ground. And if you're not focused forward, if you're looking back at your past, you're just going to stumble and fall. Okay? you got to leave your past behind. doesn't matter. Your past is behind you doesn't matter where you've come how many failures you've had i don't care what i care is where we're going and where we're going is in front of us not behind us so that was a huge lesson i loved that looking forward so that's what i got starting out now along the way as i got going now this was a 10 hour hike so you know two three hours in is still kind of not even the halfway point but um but it's a long long drawn out hike. I mean, it just goes forever. Up, up, up. It doesn't stop. It doesn't go down. It goes up the whole time. There are no breaks. It's a, it's a tough hike. And what I learned was consistent and steady is what wins. Just nice, consistent and steady week after week. You see where I'm going with this? In the business, you got to be consistent and you got to be steady. So when I was when I was hiking, I remember you know, starting out, I said, the only way to fail is if I don't quit. I stay on the trail. The trail will take me to the top. I just got to put the effort in. I just got to put one foot in front of the other enough times, and I'll be at the top at some point. That's it. That is it. Why do we make the business so complicated? We don't need to. You just do what we teach move forward and don't quit. Take massive action. So, consistent and steady small breaks. Oh, my gosh, that was huge. If I took a 10-15 second break, I felt like a new man. Like sometimes my hips, my knees, my legs, I feel like, you know, after 2 or 3 hours of just relentless uphill climbing, it takes a toll on your legs. And just taking a little bit of a break, refresh, boom, I'm good to go again and I could just I could hit it again. So, um Going full speed, nonstop without a break was to me going up the hill a death sentence. Like I would totally burn out if I did it that way. So s- consistent, steady, planned breaks periodically, short breaks, catch, catch, you know, reinvigorate and go. So that's that's uh, that was my you know kind of formula for getting up to the top of the hill, and that's also my formula in um, in success in business is we cannot be two twelve. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nor does anybody, I don't think, expect us to. I mean, we talk a lot about being 212 and running hard this summer and all that, but you have to, you have to take take small breaks for yourself and reinvigorate. You've got to take care of yourself. You cannot burn out. So I love that. Number two along the way, the second lesson I learned along the way was, as I moved, I ate my burdens. <laughs> okay, let me, let me unpack this one. This was a wild thought. It occurred to me. I started out at the bottom of the trail with, I don't know, if I were to guess, it's probably 30 pounds of weight between what's on my hips and my back. Maybe 40, I don't know. Not that much. It wasn't that bad, but it was enough. It was mostly water and some snacks, okay? So, but, but you know, there's a significant amount of weight that I'm carrying starting out. Now, I don't know because it's kind of, it's on my shoulders and I've got a lot more strength on my shoulders like we all do and my hips, you know, it's kind of, it's it's all spread out, but it's weight and it's there. And I'm carrying a burden. As I go, I turned my burden into fuel to keep me going. What I realized, and this was like a aha moment for me, right? Mind blown. I'm like, I am taking what I started out with as a burden And I'm turning it into fuel to keep me going. Hmm. Now, wait a second. How does that apply in business? You see my mind going as I'm hiking up the hill. I'm like, think about this. This is so cool. When we come on board, we have burdens, right? Don't we have, oh, gosh, you've got stinking thinking. You've got friends that don't think you can do it. You've got you know, a history a track record of failures, we have emotional and mental burdens that we carry in the cobwebs at the back of our minds that keep us playing small, that keep us from really achieving our goals. And instead of letting those get us down, why not use them as fuel to push us harder? Instead of saying, well, this is the reason why I can't do it. I've never succeeded in insurance before, so why do I think I could succeed tomorrow or the next day or the next month? Right? That's stinking thinking. Everybody started out not writing a policy. Instead of thinking that, think, well, I've never written an insurance policy before. That's the reason I'm going to do it. Turn your excuses into reasons. Turn your burdens into fuel. That moves you forward. I've never had a six-figure income before in my life. That's why I'm going to do it. Because I want a six-figure income. I want to see what it's like to look at my my bank account and see $50,000 sitting there or $100,000 sitting there. I want that experience. And no, it's not all about the money, but that's just one example. But you get what I'm saying, right? That can either be the reason you don't do it Or it can be the thing that drives you forward, the fuel in your tank that makes you say, that's why I'm going to do it because I've never had it before. I've never done it before. I've always failed. That's why I'm going to not fail this time because I want the success. I want to see what it's like. So I loved the idea that I was literally, physically turning my burdens into my fuel. And I just totally could see the connection between that and how it applies in business. And coming off the hill, coming back, my my pack was half the weight, a third of the weight, a quarter of the weight. The more I drank, the lighter my pack. Lesson number three along the way. Most of the journey is uphill, some ups and downs along the way, but there was almost no downhill. I mean, you know some hikes where you go kind of up and down, because you're going to go over hills, you're switching back, you're going back and forth. And you have the ups and downs, but mostly they're ups. When it comes to Humphrey, it is relentlessly 99.9 percent of the trail is uphill. There are no breaks, and um, and I just realized, you know, that's 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 so much like life. We we do have some ups and downs, but it is mostly up. It going to your goal, achieving a new level, it's an uphill battle because why? You're combating old habits, old ways of thinking, old routines. You're combating an old you. You're combating your past. You're combating everything that is inside of you that's telling you why you cannot do this. Oh, people are too grumpy. I can't get anybody to answer the phone. I can't run an appointment. I can't this and that, right? All mind clutter, noise in your head because everybody gets it. There's no such thing as a cherry picked batch of leads that Brandon Hall gets and the rest of us don't. We're all dealing with the same public, right? So, what's the difference? Activity and mindset, attitude, activity and attitude. So, um, anyways, it's uphill. It is a journey uphill. It isn't easy, okay? It's simple, but it isn't easy. Success is not easy. All these people that got to the top of the mountain, they didn't just land there right they climbed there they worked there there's a guy the Iron Cowboy out in Linden who just completed last week a hundred full Ironman okay you know what an Ironman is Ironman um, the competition it's a full marathon a full swim and a bike all three Full Ironman competition. He did 100 in 100 days, 100 days in a row, technically 101. He did 101. 100 days in a row, 101 days in a row. He did a full Ironman every day for 101 days. Insane people, but he did it. You think that was easy? He's got glory now. He's got book rights. He's got speaking tours. I'm sure he's got all kinds of opportunities with that, right? He had sponsors. I mean, he's probably not like a multimillionaire yet, but he is. he's done some things that are absolutely amazing. Did he just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to... No, he trained for years. We didn't see all the times where he was on the side in wincing, in pain because of his muscles, the lactic acid buildup, the... You know the the team of massage therapists and doctors around him, a nutritionalists and the regiment that he had to follow. The time he had to get up every single day, and he wanted to sleep in. I'm sure. Why would you not want to sleep in some days? There were days that he wanted to quit. I mean, on and on and on. The blisters, right? I can't even imagine the blisters. Um, and he documents some of that. It's all been filmed. It's coming out in a documentary. It's fascinating. I love. I can't wait to watch that one but look at the sacrifices and the challenges and the tough trials that he had just like getting to the top of Humphreys the only way you're going to get to the top of that hill well, I call it a hill but it's a mountain the only way is for you to climb uphill 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 until you arrive you can't go downhill and get to the top of Mount Humphreys it's impossible okay you could hop on an helicopter and just ride up to the top I guess but uh, that's not the hike. If you're going to get to the top of the mountain from the base, you got to go through the trail, which is uphill. And that's, that's our journey. We are all on it. There's going to be tough times. Expect them. Be surprised if there's not tough times. But that's why mental toughness is so important. Okay, If you are ready and you believe in yourself and you have that vision and that drive and that commitment, if you've made that decision once, again don't make the decision over and over make it once starting out i'm going to do this period done i can move that off my plate decision now all you have to do is stick with it okay get to the top you know it's going to be hard it's uphill switchbacks this was the next lesson oh my gosh i every single oh gosh every quarter of a mile what switchback? Switchback? switch back the trail turns and comes back and cuts cuts through back and forth well the trail doesn't go straight up the mountain. It doesn't go from base camp straight up in a straight line, you know, as they say, as the crow flies. We didn't get any of that. We're hikers. We're down on the ground. We don't get to just go in a straight line to the peak. We got to switch back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, 150 times or whatever it is. That trail is 10 miles for a reason. It's uh, well, five miles up, five miles back. So it's five miles up for a reason because of all the switchbacks. If you went straight up, it'd probably be, I don't know, two miles or whatever. But the trail doesn't go that way. trail goes all over, back and forth. So switchbacks just taught me that there's going to be curves. Expect them. There is no straight, easy path to success. It does not go in a straight line. It goes all over the place for every entrepreneur. And that's really interestingly why somebody can't tell you exactly how to achieve success because your road is gonna be different than mine in fact if I were to tell you let's meet in Dallas Texas I think the next conference in January is gonna be Dallas Texas let's meet there let's you and I both hop in our car and get to Dallas Texas and then when we get there I want you to write out turn by turn exactly how you got to Dallas and I will do the same and let's compare notes are we gonna find the same thing came out of my driveway let's see I'm gonna turn right there's a stop sign right there and then I'm gonna turn left I'm going to jog over a half a street and I'm going to turn right again. Curves around and then I'm going to hit Ironwood and I'm going to turn left up to the 60. That's about 10 miles. And then I'm going to turn right and I'm going to go west. And at some point, I'm going to get a major interstate and I'm going to hit the freeway and I'm going to follow freeways and I'm going to get to Dallas. Okay, turn by turn, guess what? My road's different than your road. You might come out of your driveway and go left, you might come out of your driveway and go straight. You may not have a driveway <laughs> i don't know but i'm just saying turn by turn everybody's journey is different and that's why no one can tell you the how that's why we focus on the why and the destination where are you going and what's your drive we'll teach you as much as we can on the how but you got to apply it to you if i tell you you got to turn left and you're like but my my driveway i gotta go i'm a dead end street i i only have i can only go to go left well you got to go left then because You're there. Like some people had to remortgage their house to get money for leads. I can't tell you you have to do that. That's what they had to do. But it's not them saying you're going to have to go mortgage your house for leads. It's them saying I sacrificed. I did whatever it took. I made a decision and I followed through with my commitment. That's why I'm successful today. So you may not have to do that. You might have, but you got to get leads. That's the principle. So mortgage your house, take out a loan, get a credit card, or just use savings. I had, to, I had a little bit of savings. I never had to go into debt for leads, but I, had, I admittedly came kind of close. But, um, but you, you got to do what you got to do. My left might be your right. But the point is how you get there isn't as important as, as that you are moving to get there left, right. You'll find your way through. If you get in your car and just start driving, you'll find eventually. You might take a bunch of wrong turns. You might end up in Kansas or or Maine before you get to Dallas. I hope not because that's a huge detour. But you'll get there if you stick it out long enough. And it might be a whole bunch of left turns and a whole bunch of right turns and a whole mix of them in between. And your left turns might be different than my right turns. And we'll, we'll both end up at the same place. We'll both be at the conference. We'll both be at Dallas. And we'll both be rejoicing together at the successful year that we had. But it doesn't matter how you got there. It just matters that you got there. So switchbacks taught me that the road's gonna go all over the place, right? It's gonna be left, it's gonna be right, back and forth. It's not a straight line. Number five, this is the last lesson I learned along the way. And that is we get spread out along the journey. There was probably half the time or better, I was by myself, just because of people I was, some of them just took off and some of them I was faster than and they slowed down. And I, I kind of set my own pace. And there were times I'd, you know, catch up to somebody or sometimes somebody would catch up to me. But because we we're all on the trail, we weren't so worried about that. I was a little more worried about it when I got to the, above the saddle. And I'll talk about that in a minute here. But along the way, I spent a lot of time by myself. I knew there were others on the trail. Now, this is where, this is a really interesting point. Because I can remember in the early days, one of the hardest things for me, and I told this to Jason many times, one of the hardest things for me, staying in the business, was overcoming this feeling of loneliness. I know that sounds weird, but I would get in my car, and i drive, and go to an appointment, no one's there, Jason's not there, Eric's not there. I mean, sure, I can get him on the phone, but the phone call's going to end, and then it's back on me, and I got to either close it, or walk away without a sale. And I sometimes I'd close, and sometimes I'd walk away without a sale. And there were the early days. I missed a lot, a lot of sales. I was not good. In fact, I didn't even. I, I signed up in October. I wrote my first policy in January. End of October. So, the, so really, first of November. So, all of November, all of December. I think I actually wrote one policy in December, maybe. Um, but the but they canceled right after, so I, did, I didn't even count it. But um, January is when I first wrote my first policy that stuck. And they're still in the books today. It's a client. I know exactly who it is. They're great people. It was like a $40 a month policy. It was really inexpensive and really small. They couldn't afford a lot. But they were such great people. Anyways, side note. Sorry, I'm back. Um, but my point is the uh, along the journey, I spent a lot of time alone. Now, I always have a team to tie into, and this is why I would call my manager after my appointment, kind of a, an assessment, you know, what could I have done better, how could I do different, I, but really, I didn't need so much that, I just needed someone to talk to. I needed to know that there was someone else out there that was hiking along the road, heading to the top, though he wasn't next to me, on the trail, I knew he was up ahead, and if we had walkie-talkies and I could just say, you know, Jason, hey, how you doing up there? Okay, good. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Go back and forth, right? Breaker, breaker, 10-4. This is red roaster calling in and um, we I can at least know that there's someone else going through sacrifice. There's someone else whose hips hurt. There's someone else getting a blister. There's someone else feeling the sun that I'm feeling and going through the pain that I'm and he may be up ahead, he may be a little bit behind. But I love the idea of knowing there was other people because it can be a lonely journey. When when you become an entrepreneur, and this isn't just insurance, entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey, and you have to know that there's other people on the trail with you, even though you're spread out and alone, even though they're not right next to you hiking, right next to you, they are on the trail. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting with the switchbacks and and the journey on the trail is at any given time, I could only see about 30 yards in front of me and maybe 30 yards behind me. Now there were brief periods every once in a while where you could see a little bit further than that. You know, you, you have a little clearing and you can see the trail up ahead, maybe a hundred yards, but it was so windy. You couldn't see much. And here's my point. You don't have to, you don't have to see that. In, in Physically, you do have to see the final result in your head, though. And I could see the summit in my head the whole time. I knew that when I get to the top, the view is going to be amazing. In fact, while I was hiking, I remember um, fantasizing, to some respect, about w- how amazing it's going to be, what it's going to look like up there. What is it going to be like when I get to the top, right? But All I could physically see was the trail, mm, another turn or two, and then it disappears. Well, guess what? I don't have to see the whole trail to climb it. When you're moving it forward, you don't have to see all of it there in front of you. You just got to see a little bit ahead. If, 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 If an equity bonus is too far for you to even imagine, 20, 30 grand a month, of just bonus money coming in, non charge backable bonus money. That, we say that, but can you honestly stop and imagine waking up the first of the month to seeing a, a $20,000 bonus? And bonus? you're already making 30, 40, 50 grand a month or whatever it is, but a, a, another 20 grand just drop, boom, there's the whole thing, a deposit, 20 grand. There you go. We'll be back next month. I mean can you really wrap your mind around that? We talk about it like it's, you know, it's really cool and all that but can we do we really have that in our imaginations what that would feel like? I mean I get excited when I get a $500 bonus or even a $1000 bonus. I'm like, "Hey, cool, look at that, a bonus." Right? I think I've had a $1,000 bonus for production, $500. I know I've had um, a bunch of 250s and some seven fifty. They have different bonuses. I don't remember exactly what they are, but I love it when it says pleasant surprise, middle of the month, you look in your account, and there's something you didn't expect. You're like, whoa, hey, that's cool, a bonus. So imagine the equity bonus. It's so big that sometimes our brains are like, "Yeah, that's cool, but so is winning the lottery. We just kind of put it out there in this nebulous solar system category of, ah, that'd be great, and I'm going to act like everybody else. Like, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. But in my mind, it doesn't even really compute. Like, I can't even relate to that. So whatever. I'll probably never get it. But, you know, there's your brain thinking deep down inside. Well, if you can't quite think of that, Maybe you can think of $500 or $1,000 or $10,000, you know, maybe you can just look at the trail a couple of turns ahead and be okay knowing you're on the trail and that equity bonus is at the end of the line at the end of the trail or that deal with integrity is there. But all you got to do is a couple more. you just got to pay attention to the next switchback because that trail is going to lead you there you just got to know, you know, next 30 yards. That's what I'm focused on. So I think Kim um, Valdez calls it your next. Kim and Eric calls it your next. What is your next? Well, in hiking on the trail, your next is just the next horizon, the next as far as you can see on the trail. That's it. So that kept me going. I just see that's that's where I'm headed. I don't see the top from here, but I see my next. And I'm going to go to that point. And then from there, I'm going to go to the next point. From there, I'm going to see new things that I don't see where I'm at now. And then I'll go to the next point and I'll see more of where I'm going and less of what I can see now and, and, and so forth. And so as you go, your vision grows and what you can see expands. And I love that analogy between hiking and success. Okay. Okay. Here's my third category. This is at the top. Lessons learned at the top. Now, I say at the top, we were... So, in Mount Humphreys, the hike to Mount Humphreys, there's a saddle, which is about four miles up, and the last mile takes you to the summit. The saddle is, uh, I don't even know if it's 1,000 feet below the summit. It's not much, like 11, 6, I think the summit's 12, 6, something like that. So, the saddle is pretty cool. The saddle is... You pat yourself on the back if you make it to the saddle, right? You're on top of the world. You can see forever. You can see, oh my goodness, the vision is absolutely amazing. You can look at both sides of the mountain. It's called the saddle. And a lot of people go to the saddle, and that's as far as they get. And here's why. The amount of energy it took for me to get from base camp to the saddle was about the same as what it would take to go from the saddle to the summit one extra mile so four miles one mile about the same amount of effort why because that last mile is a beast (laughs) as we found out so altitude starts becoming a thing the air gets thin up there now on the saddle you come around the mountain you're above the line of the trees now guess what's happening up there fierce wind okay fierce wind i'm talking i think they were 40 50 60 mile gusts of wind freezing cold okay there's snow up there now i mean it, i was still in shorts and a t-shirt because we're moving we're staying warm but if you stop and you let that wind blow on you you get cold in fact that little 14 year old boy shivering i think it was early stages of hypothermia he was like uncontrolled shivering because he couldn't get on top of it uh, and i was feeling it i'm like we got to keep moving cause I, i'm cold I pulled, we pulled around, uh, we went around a rock to stay out of the wind, and we sat down for just a snack and to, to take a brief rest, the three of us. And we had gone three fourths of that mile. So we were about 1,500 feet from the summit, about 200 feet of elevation shy of reaching the peak. And that's where we stopped. So, but that three quarters of a mile, that was treacherous. The steepness of the incline, the rocks, the trail was was thin. There were so many things different between the saddle and the summit and base camp to the saddle. It was a completely different ballgame. Now, why, what does this have to do with anything? Well, what I realize is the higher up you go on the trail, the fewer people there are. The trail's not as worn. It's not as obvious. The trail kind of wanders. There were parts we were kind of guessing. We're like, does the trail go this way or that way? Because there's not a lot of wear and tear. Because most people don't go that far so the higher up you get on your journey the more lonely it is there's not as many people there and the less obvious the trail so i thought that was really really interesting um number two my dominating thought enemy i actually started struggling real hard with my own thoughts like what am i doing what i i'm not an experienced hiker are you crazy? Like this is how people die, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing documentaries, and I'm thinking in my mind, you know, my my Hollywood theater mind starts doing flashbacks of of like the uh, you know the the crew that tried to make it to the top of Mount Everest, and you know, devastating all these you know things I've watched over the years, just the interesting types of documentaries and things, and you know, it's showing how they weren't quite as prepared as they thought they were, or this or that, and. I start, you know, am I going to be a casualty? You know, is someone going to, like, have to lifelike me? Am I going to have a, a helicopter come up and try and rescue me? Am I tomorrow's headline? Like, do I have what it takes to get to the summit all the way? Am I going to die here? Is this how it ends? Like, <laughs> your mind really, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to laugh it off. I'm like, okay, that's just me being silly. But when you push yourself that hard to your limits, that's when your mind really starts messing with you in a bad way too I had to just shake it off I'm like oh my gosh like stop already this is crazy because my brain everything that I'm doing is going against the grain of my brain right interestingly my brain wants to keep me safe and I want to stay safe of course you know I didn't want tragedy but I've got some some pictures that would blow your mind up there when I when we got to the almost I call it the almost summit when we got to the almost summit I could see the summit from where we were And looking around, the view, of course, is much bigger, much broader than at the saddle. And the saddle view was amazing. So I had, the further I went from the saddle to the summit, that one extra mile, the more I had to fight with my thoughts. And I think that's going to be true in success. I say going to be because I'm not there yet. And I feel like once we start achieving success, it's even easier to slow down. Why? Because you've got a, you know, $50,000 sitting in your bank account or you've got, you know, you're making 10, 15, 20 grand a month. You're like, why do I need to keep pushing myself? This is good, right? You, get, you could easily get to the saddle and you can say, gosh, the view is great. Why do I need to go to the summit? I don't need to go to the summit. I'm happy at the saddle, right? But the saddle's not the top. The summit is the top. So it's so, so tempting to stop. And even though I didn't reach the summit, I went for it. And I was happy that I did. I was proud of myself for making that. And and I was actually, I still to this day am very happy for the decision to turn around because um, we were with someone that it it wouldn't, physically, it wouldn't have been a good idea to keep going. People were in danger or would have been in danger. And we turned when we did. It was good. We made it back off. We were fine. We were exhausted by the time we get off the hill. But it was good we turned when we did but i still carry all of these lessons with me there are so few people that actually make it to the top out of our group of 20 there were 3 that made it to the summit and 3 that made it to the almost summit and everyone else made it to the saddle or lower so do the math out of you know 20 people only 3 made it to the top that's why the trail isn't worn very much out there up there But they are the only ones that came back with that view. They could see the Grand Canyon from the summit of Mount Humphreys. How awesome is that? You can see the Grand Canyon. It's the highest peak. You're at the highest point that you can be in all of of the state of Arizona, right there at the summit. And uh, the last thing that I thought, which was really interesting, is the speed doesn't matter as much. At the end, we all have the same reward. We all have the same view. We get to the summit. We get to the saddle. We get wherever we get to. We get to share that view and share in the victory of that journey. Along the way, there were switchbacks. We had alone time. There were tons of obstacles. There was a lot of sweat and tears and a lot of challenges and rests along the way. There were, we had to hydrate ourselves. We had to fuel ourselves. We looked ahead. We looked behind. All the things I've been talking about. You get to carry all that with you and sit down at the summit or at the saddle, eat lunch and look at the view and talk and go, we made it. And the guy next to you might have gotten there 10 minutes after you or an hour after you or an hour before you. And that doesn't matter. It's not, you don't get to the saddle or the summit and go, ha, I got here before you did. Like nobody does that. You get there and you are, you're all there together. Okay. We're all on a journey. We're all at different parts. We're all ad- we all come with different talents and skills and backgrounds, and we're all at different points along the way of that trail. It doesn't matter who gets there first or not. What matters is that we put it in. We put the effort in day after day. This is business. This is not a job. I love. Oh my gosh, who was it that said it on the leadership call this morning? If you missed this call, you've got to catch the replay. I know we say that every call, but Mike Hall came on as a guest. And I think it was Mike that said this. Now he was military, and I don't want to mess this up. I don't know if he was a Marine or a Navy in the Navy or what, but he served in the military. He is one of my favorites. I love, love, love Mike Hall, and um, love listening to him talk. And he said, when the um, when the when everybody left England and came to settle America in the Mayflower and took that, you know, that the. the The pioneers, the early days, all the settlers, they came across in boats and they landed here. They weren't looking for jobs with benefits. They weren't looking for, um, you know, the, the 401k plans. And they were looking for their freedom, right? Their freedom. That's why America was settled. That's what's in our blood and in our veins. We Americans, I think, settle for so far less when we get swayed with the lure and the bling of a cushy job with some benefits. Because it's safe, it's secure, it's actually not. But the lure is that, or the illusion is that it is. And that's the way to go. And we're taught all our lives, go to school, get good grades. And this is just We've evolved over years, but the early settlers, this is in our heritage, who we are as Americans. Even if you're not, even if you came and you're one of the first immigrants from your family or your grandpa or whatever, they came here not in search of anything but freedom because that's what America has always stood for the most. So welcome, my friends, to your biggest opportunity for freedom. I believe it's an insurance. I believe that God had his hand in putting me here and helping me get here and quite possibly I would I would guess he also had a hand in helping you get to where you are the question is now that you have one of the greatest opportunities in your hands what are you going to do with it what are you doing the next 90 well 75 days now with this opportunity that you're never going to see again not in insurance not in any industry opportunity as great as it is to make so much and not only just for the next 90 days but set yourself up for a compensation rate that will you know significantly increase your income for the rest of your life i mean mind-blowing and then with that foundation build out an organization and start getting those equity bonuses and then someday partner with integrity. I mean, it is insane what we have our hands on. So if your journey's tough, if the climb is steep and you've stumbled a little bit and you feel alone, guess what? I've learned all kinds of lessons from my hike that tell me that is perfectly normal, way to go, keep going. I am 100% here for you, so as Lindy, we love you. Your life matters. You are here for a reason. If you've been flirting with this thing, now is the time to stop. Stop flirting and get married. Jump in and let's get after it. Let's make today count and next week and next month and this year because you got one shot at this thing called life and we got to make it matter. I love you. Have an awesome week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.